Hi everyone and welcome to the 10th episode of Pod Appetit, New York's one and only weekly restaurant review podcast. For anyone new to the podcast, a reminder as to who I am. My name is Dan, I live in New York and I'm an amateur but enthusiastic restaurant reviewer. I pay for all my food myself and all opinions are mine and mine only. Please rate and review this podcast if you can. Send any feedback or suggestions to our email, which is hello at podappetit.com. And if you haven't already, do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. And please follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at podappetit. So with all that out of the way, let's get on with review number 10. About a year ago, the venerable Soho restaurant 100 Acres transformed itself into Shuka, an eastern Mediterranean brasserie. The change had been coming for a while. The chef at 100 Acres, and now Shuka, Aisha Nurjaja, had been slipping some Mediterranean and Middle Eastern dishes onto the menu there. And so the full conversion from 100 Acres to Shuka, while not inevitable, was not a huge stretch. So now it's all Eastern Mediterranean all the time. The venue is lovely, a large front dining room with plate glass windows looking out onto McDougall Street, a smaller room just behind which leads into a large, airy, conservatory-like space. That's where we sat. There aren't windows in the walls, but the ceilings are high, and while it's unlikely to bring on feelings of agoraphobia, the room feels spacious and light. The menu is laid out in a familiar style. Meze from 4 to $12, dips, all at around $10, small plates, around $15, kebabs, 16 to $23, three entree dishes, 21 to $25, and lamb chops for the table to share at $45. They also offer what they call the Shuka Feast for $54 a person. The whole table has to order it, which is a selection from all of the above other than the entrees and the lamb. There is something about the word feast in a restaurant context that I find irresistible. It's the glutton in me. That promise of culinary and calorific abundance is impossible to pass up. It's the same urge that I feel at all-you-can-eat buffets in Las Vegas, or even walking through the doors into my local Costco. Things I like in volume. My enthusiasm for the feast must have been transparent and perhaps infectious, as very quickly all eight of us at the table agreed that this was the way to go. Of course, the fact that it made ordering that much easier didn't hurt the feast's cause either. Our server, who was charming and accommodating, took note of all our dietary restrictions with good humour and ensured that we were well attended to throughout. After a short wait, the meze and dip started arriving. They were a riot of colour. The beet tzatziki was a bright, almost fuchsia pink. The whipped feta and pistachio was a jade green. The charred red and green shishito peppers and yellow plums were like deconstructed traffic light filters with some dried rose petals and chilli flakes artfully sprinkled on top. And the market vegetables looked for all the world as if they'd been run through a real-life Instagram filter. So bright and vibrantly did the hues of those crudite pop. You can see pictures of all those dishes on our Instagram feed. 
In short, the food looked good and it was tasty. And there was lots of it. Crispy chickpeas, pita chips, olives, cucumbers, falafel, those raw veggies, that pepper and plum salad, the tzatziki, the whipped feta and pistachio, zaluk, an eggplant dip like baba ganoush, and the mahumara, a Syrian red pepper and walnut dip which I'd never tried before and which tasted like a super refined and more savoury haroset from the Seder table. There was more, at least one other salad made up of kale and apples and seeds, and as best as I can recall, no hummus. Perhaps surprising, but we didn't miss it at all. Because this was all good, really good. Not everyone loved everything. The satsiki disappeared much faster than the mohumara, for example, but it was all deeply satisfying. The bread was excellent too, warm, puffy, slightly yeasty. Excellent for dipping. It was a great start to the meal. Then plates were cleared, and we awaited the next phase of the feast, the kebabs. A large platter was brought to the table. It had eight skewers on it. Some scallops, delicious, both sweet and briny, some shrimp, slightly overcooked, some steak and some lamb, which were both tender and tasty, though strangely not easy to tell apart, and some chicken, which was nicely charred but a little dry and a couple of bowls of some very tasty za'atar fries. The kebabs were served over some salad and some more bread, but the pita had gone soggy from the meat juices and the salad had wilted from the heat, so neither were very appetising. The kebabs were good, though. The scallops and the beef, or perhaps it was the lamb in particular. But just eight skewers, some fries, some limp salad and saturated bread. That's not a feast for eight people, it's a bare minimum. And then there was the dessert. Our faint hopes of a cornucopia of varied sweet things did not materialise. We each received a single glass, containing a chocolate mousse topped with yoghurt and some crushed hazelnuts. Toothsome, not too rich, and easy to finish. But again, one small dessert each did not feel very feast-like. So the feast order promised us much, and following the first round of dishes didn't really deliver, And while I never seem to learn this lesson, it's true that promises of great quantity and great quality tend always to lead to disappointment of one kind or another. From the mild anticlimax of realising you're full at the Las Vegas buffet and actually don't want to eat anything more, and anyway, none of it was really that great, to the exhaustion of navigating yet another aisle at Costco and knowing that even after you've bought all this stuff, you still need to load it into the car, unload it again when home, and then put it all away. And then to what we experienced at Shuka, where the implied promise of considerable abundance was not quite fulfilled. Even setting our expectations aside, though, there's no doubt that the best part of the meal was in the first course. That is food I will go back for. The kebabs were fine, but not really better than Kebab Empire, who we visited in episode 6, and probably three times as expensive. But the space is lovely, and the service was great. And I'm still dreaming of those colourful crudités, not typically a central topic in my dreamscape. Overall, three out of five stars. I hope you enjoyed that. Final reminder to follow us, please, on Instagram and Twitter, and to subscribe to us through your favourite podcasting platform. Please do rate and review, etc. It really does help. We'll be back again next week when we'll be checking out Sia 
in the East Village. Until then, happy eating and pod appetit.